wrote some notes, but they're not coherent. And I've got more notes, and they look even worse than the other ones. So just bear with me. And I have numbered them, but they're not in order already. Good morning. Actually, I'm not going to use that. That just doesn't help sit. Sit. That doesn't help me. I'd like to talk about your value, what your worth is in God's eyes, what you think our value is as we walk with God. This is something that God's been pressing into me about what I think my value is, what I'm shining my light to everybody. I've got hundreds of kids that I talk to and try and shine my light to, and I got to ask the question, what am I worth and what am I shining? So our value often comes from our titles, a mum, a dad, girl, boy, male, female, college kid. When we give ourselves a title, we often think of what those titles go with it. For example, as a mum, we think about tired, exhaustion, children, washing, clothes, timetables, schedules, and it just keeps coming. (laughs) The title, just like, for example, Ruben's title is Red, Tall, Swords, steak and um, you know, basically nothing logical at all I'm sure he's happy with these titles that he has he also has a title mine because I'm his mummy he's chosen, he's wanted he's kind, he's patient he's passionate, hard working loyal, reliable I could go on, and he'd quite like me to, but we'll just let him just get a grip of what I've said. The titles we are given can be true, but often some are not accurate, and actually some seriously aren't true at all. So the titles of a mum of being tired and exhausted, they actually, they're true to a point, but we don't let them overwhelm us, and that's what I'm trying to say. As the titles we get, we don't want we want to make sure the titles we put us are the right ones. So what titles do you have? What has God placed over you that God's spoken about? God says in Jeremiah 1.5, Before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, I saw you and approved you. Now to be approved is pretty incredible. Hang on, I've got to do my hickey. Thanks to Joel Olston, who sent it to me on Friday when I was having a panic attack about what to say. (laughs) This is, you are approved by Almighty God. Isn't that awesome? You are created in His image. You are the apple of His eye. You are not chosen. Oh, you do not choose God, but He chose you, and He is pleased with you, His most precious creation. Notice that he doesn't say God approves of you as long as you don't have any faults, as long as you don't make any mistakes, as long as the list doesn't get long and long and longer. God approves of you unconditionally, no matter how many weaknesses you have, or you may think you have today, or no matter how many times you've failed. 
It's um quite a pretty impressive promise he's given us and, and thing that he speaks over us. That were pretty special. Luke twelve six says are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet one is not not one is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs on your head are numbered. I kind of find that amazing when I can't even count the ones that fall out in the shower. <laughs> it goes on to say, don't be afraid for you are worth more than many sparrows. Comprehension of this is pretty actually quite impressive. Again, back to the shower thing and counting. Let's not go there. On my slower days, I often just sit and watch the sparrows and the birds and whatever in the backyard, and I often think about how many there are and how many differences they are, and yet not one of them I can actually follow because they all look identical. But to us, we, that's what we think, but God's got it sorted. He knows exactly which one's which, which feather greens backwards, and not that we can see that. And I often think, if he thinks that about a sparrow, again, what about us? What does he think and what does he say about us? In Psalm 139.2 it says, You know, you as in God knows when I sit and when I rise. Not just sit down and stand up. Not when I go to bed and when I rise. It's basically everything in that. You perceive my thoughts from afar. So God knows it's better than my Fitbit. (laughs) I take great comfort to know that he cares so much about us that he knows when I sit and when I stand. He also understands the thoughts that I am and what I'm having before I even have them. It's kind of like good to know that he's got my back. Now, I don't understand why bad stuff happens and why we think all these things and why we get overwhelmed with life and think terrible things happen. Well, actually, I do. We know it's because of sin. But sometimes I don't understand why God doesn't come in when he's quite capable. Yes, Reuben, this one's for you too. Riding on a chariot with flames, led by white flying horses. Yes, they're probably unicorns. And carrying a sword. Yes, flaming on both ends. I don't get that. But I do get that God's got it sorted. And I do get that we often don't see the bigger picture that God's got for us. So when our lives get overwhelmed and I'll those values and stuff that we think of ourselves just crumple into I'm a nothing, I'm a worthless. Actually, God sees all that and he's got the big picture sorted. Much more sorted. With those, I often think about why I had a transplant. Why me? I was fit, I was healthy. Nothing wrong with me. I was a nobody. I was quiet. I was happy, enjoying my life. Quite happy to do nothing. Well, not quite like that, but you know, just there was just nothing that was a problem in my world. Everything was going tickety-boo. The question I often ask God was not necessarily why me, but what's your plan here, Lord? Not plan with what I... That doesn't make sense. I shouldn't be writing these notes late at night. <laughs> 
The point is, what is the big picture here? I remember my mum saying, and again, speaking stuff over me, late last year, as a non-believer who believes that God should have come on his flaming chariot and saved my brother that was killed. So the journey with her is quite difficult. But she said to me, my gosh, girl, you've had a rough life you've dealt out to you, haven't you? I often think about that. And when she said it, I was stunned. I thought, I haven't had a rough life. I've had a fantastic life. And then she pointed out all the things, all the things that were wrong with my life. (laughs) And they weren't from her perspective, like I didn't do this and I didn't do that. But things like, my brother was a horrible, horrible bully when I was a kid. My father didn't want to know me. Um, I've got a list here. At 23, I was married, happy, about to have five children and take on the world. But I got sick instead, just a flu, just got sick. Hang on, there's still more here in the list and I can't read my writing. Then I was given the death sentence of my transplant. If I don't get a transplant, I'll die, which seems really random especially at 23, and listen, if you do get one, you'll get three to five years. They kind of changed that after I got my transplant. That's when I qualified. And then they said that you'll get seven to five, five to seven years, Then they upgraded that to maybe 10, but not often anybody gets past 10. Statistically, that's still true. Nobody gets past, well, not very many of us get past 10. Yeah. The rest of your body, not the heart that they give you often, but the rest of the body can't cope with the medication, and actually the, it just doesn't cope anymore and it's done its thing, it's time to move on. So I had to deal with all this. Somewhere in there I went, hi God, can you, can you just wave to me a little bit please God? <laughs> I was told I couldn't have kids. All I ever wanted to do was get married and have five babies and take on the world again. The reason for not having children was simply because I was only going to live three to five years. And actually, it would be pretty sucky on the kids. Not to mention that actually having the child was high, high risk. So then we had Reuben. Let's just do what God says. And um, then my brother was killed in a logging accident. And my marriage was pretty terrible. And then I found out I was pregnant with Katie. And then my marriage completely fell apart. And then I thought I was going to lose Katie at 21 oh. weeks. And then... Just keeps going. Katie's story in itself is a bit of a rock star story. Then when I was three, I went deaf in my left ear. By the way, if it is, please go see a doctor because it's actually an emergency. And still are deaf in one ear. Sorry if I don't hear you, please. <laughs> then um, had kidney failure. They tried the medication. They said that it was high risk again and quite possibly it wouldn't work and then I have to go back on the other drugs and that would just lead to a slow, uncool death. But God made everything work pretty tickety-boo. You see the underlying theme here? God's got it sorted all the way through. <laughs> then I got married again, moved up here and thought everything was tickety-boo and again. Found out my marriage wasn't what it was supposed to be, not how God had asked it to be. And um, things fell apart. After trying to hold it together with some serious, lots and lots of duct tape and some grit spit and some glue. <laughs> 
But anyway, this is where we stand with God. And then we found out we were getting skin cancers and stuff like that last year, which is actually fairly common for transplant patients, but it doesn't help the fact we're... Again, which is why my mother said to me, you've had a pretty shit life. Excuse the words. And I understand what she's saying, but actually, when I look at it, I don't have a bad life at all. I never thought I had a terrible life. All I saw all the way through, which I didn't recognise until my mum said it, although I knew he was there, I had no idea how much God had answered every single one of my prayers. God had come right through and stood right here all the way through. Every single time I asked him to hold my hand, he was right here. Every single time I thought things were going to fall apart, they never did. He had everything sorted. So what I'm trying to say to you is, what is your value that God has placed on you? That you think that you are worth walking with him? That he will hold your hand and walk back with you? Because he will. There is nothing important about me. I am just Kim with no middle name. (laughs) And a long lost of troubles. (laughs) And a life that might end tomorrow. But a little conversation God and I had that I'm going to live to 94 with my marbles. <laughs> so what I'm going to ask you is think about what your value is worth. What has God placed on you? If you're, if you're a somebody, that's pretty awesome. God knows you. But God actually knows you in your nobody state as well. Awesome. And know that he's got your hand and know that he's holding it pretty tight. Let me just read a bit more of Joel. Say to them, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. That's in Numbers uh, 6.23. So I guess my point is, your value is worth far more than we give ourselves credit for. Sometimes we think we're walking through some seriously thick forests, but just recognize that those forests have shiny lights and butterflies and sparrows, as well as the dark bits. And you are worth it, every bit of it. Thank you for listening.